as, as with business and really anything, it does take a few breakthroughs every time to, to yes. advance to the next level. But I'd say it's Maybe doing not. well. We have some great ideas. everybody and apologies for not being live today we've had some technical issues but then i have a fabulous young man here with me um i've just been um, having a very candid conversation with him kedar narayanan thanks for joining us thank you so much for having me here it's really yeah. a, an honor and thank you so much to child prodigy awards oh you're a modest kid you're a modest young man um, just just tell us a little about yourself you know just who are you what do you do and why are you a prodigy Mm -hmm. Well, hello there. My name is Kedar and I'm 12 years old and I live in Pennsylvania. And from a young age, ever since I was like five years old, I've loved two things really. Well, more like three things, coding, math, and problem solving. And so after I learned all these things and really mastered them, I combined them together to create different apps and websites and tools like that to help solve big problems, which I'm excited to chat about. Lovely. So coding, math, and you know, those are things that a lot of people just would not understand right now. And I never liked math as a kid, right? Um, and this is not for all the children out there who are in any of our schools, do study math. It is good, just that I was not good at it and I had to find a different way around it. So these are things that came naturally to you or did you have parents say, hey, you've got to put more energy and attention into this and that's how you got into this? How did this all, how did this all happen? Okay, well, the whole math thing was not that, not my parents trying to drive me, but more like ever since I was young, I didn't learn the standard way of doing math that's taught in most schools. So I don't know how to do division that way. But instead I was taught of Vedic math, which are these mental math techniques that you can do quickly in your head. And because of that also, we, pro we didn't do as much exams and tests, but we prioritize understanding what you learn and then applying it. And so that's why from a young age, really, I wasn't restricted by anything. And because I was taught very simple ways to do math, I, I loved it. And that was of my own uh, passion for math. You say Vedic math and mm -hmm. you've lived in America all your life or you moved there? Yeah, I've, I've lived in America all my life. Uh, originally, I lived in a place called Bodhi, but then you went somewhere else. I can't remember names of places for some reason, but I remember I called our next house Fluffy Pillow. Fluffy Pillow? <laughs> yes. And Why then we got a new that? house. I don't know, actually. I don't really know. But then when, I, when we got a new house, I called the other one Fluffy Pillow 2.0. <laughs> Was it an improvised version? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I guess so. I would like to no. think of it as a revised, a better one. 
hey, uh, to make those kind of statements. Yeah, good. See, so you, you studied Vedic math, you said. So do they teach Vedic math in America? Uh, no. So actually, I don't go to the to school. I'm homeschooled. So this, the, the thing was that we were in an area which where the schools were not very safe to go to. And so instead, after I was done with daycare, uh, my mom told me that she would teach me from home. And so we got this little CD that had Vedic math on it. And I learned video by video. And then my mom would give me a bunch of practice problems. And I remember one time then she wrote the homework for the second uh, for the next day so we could be prepared. But then I loved doing my addition so much that I did that homework. So I did twice the amount of homework I should. And you didn't know that? Did no, you know I didn't. you were doing twice the amount of... You know, the beautiful thing about being young and being, you know, being a child is there are no limitations until you put a limitation for yourself. Right? And how did mom react to something like that when you did twice the amount of homework? <laughs> Well, uh, from, from that point on, she realized that, that I loved math a lot. Of course, she was proud of me. Um, but I mean, yeah, so from a young age, because of that, I've really loved math. And I've, I've learned it and done so much of it because it excites me, you know? It is good to do something that excites you. And, um, you know... I, I was at the GCP Awards and I said, you young children are leaving footprints in the sands of time because you're leaving footprints that, you know, you strongly believe in and something excites you is something that you believe in. So can, can I ask you this? Um, tell us a little about your family and how old are you? I never asked you that. Uh, so just tell us a little about your family for us to know a little more about, you, you know, the circumstances mm -hmm. you grew up under. Well, I'm 12 years old right now. And when I was younger, um, my mom was, I think, like 30-something. And so okay. my mom what used to be a data scientist. And so that's why she was able to help me with my coding. And uh, my dad actually still is a biochemist. So that's really cool. Lovely. It is cool. And recently when I was like uh, seven or eight or something like that, uh, I had my little brother who is actually screaming right now. And he's three years old, but he'll be turning four soon in February. In February, good. So you have a younger brother, mom's a data scientist, data scientist, data, and dad's a biochemist. Mm-hmm. Lovely. So mom, you know, so the mom's with the, with the younger brother now. So mom works from home during the pandemic or she's out there at the work work. Dad works from home. What, what's happening there in you know, where you live? Mm -hmm. So my dad works from home and it's like a mixture of working from home and going to actual work work. Uh, but also my mom actually quit her job to teach me how to homeschool. And so now we've started uh, a, a company so that we can start achieving higher dreams and higher goals together. So it's wonderful experience. Together is always a good thing. So tell us about this company that you've, you know, you founded. Mm -hmm. Can I say you founded it or? Yeah, yeah, I founded it. it. 
Lovely. So tell us about this company. And I'm, I have a lot of questions for you. Uh, I've been reading a lot about you. I've read the Penn State news about you. And I've read about the grant as well. And I've read about how hard it is to get there and how hard it is to sustain. So just, just tell us a little about, you know, what's this company all about and what is it called? Mm -hmm. It's called Heart for Wildlife. And okay. it is about selling nature-friendly products that really focus on helping the environment, but are fun games that everyone can play. And they educate you about nature and how to help solve some of its biggest problems. And uh, I guess, is it okay if I tell you my inspiration for it? Oh, absolutely. It's all yours. And we want to know more about you, the way you think. It's all yours. It's your platform. Uh, so before I made my business, I actually made an app because there was this big problem where the insects, well, not always insects, but mostly insects called the pollinators were under a huge, like, kind of endangerment because they were in a 75% decline. Pollinators spread pollen from flower to flower and help crops propagate and significantly speed up crop growth. And they're responsible for a third of our food, including apple juice, which as you can probably imagine, is one of the most important foods in the world. And uh, you know, pollinators include bees, birds, butterflies, moths, beetles, wasps, bats, many more. So there's a lot of pollinators out there who are all struggling. And so my app was about how to help them through gardening, how to provide them with shelter and food sources and things like that. And after I made my app, which is called Pollinator for a Pet, it's going through a big update right now because Google's decided to like delete basically every tool that it used but um i i after that i made a business to expand my reach and that's where it all started lovely so pollinator for pets is 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 that what pollinator the app is called pollinator for a pet Pollin, pollinator for a pet okay lovely so and how many downloads did you have uh, if i can ask i that. think a hundred plus lovely lovely and you are putting it through an upgrade right now. Yes. And is, is, is that a separate company or is that a separate just app that you built by yourself? What do you, yeah, it's what not, you, it's not a company. Mm -hmm. It's not a company or any entity that way. It's, it's just a, a little app that way. It doesn't have anything no, lovely. crazy lovely. going on. Crazy is good and <laughs> no crazy is also no good. That word crazy is good, right? So. Let me ask you this. So pollinator for, you know, for a pet is where you started uh, delivering and working on the problem that you believed could impact, you know, the world. And then you went on to build Heart for Wildlife. Am I right? Yes. Right. And how's, how's Heart for Wildlife doing right now? So right now we've, we've gained a lot of clarity about our business and I have a few mentors thanks to the Lehigh Valley Launchbox program. And so those mentors are guiding me and giving me advice. Uh, but really, as, as with business and really anything, it does take a few breakthroughs every time to, to advance to the next level. But I'd say it's Very doing well. well. We have some great ideas. It is. So, so the Lehigh Valley you know, uh, program, the Launchbox uh, program, uh, tell us a little about that and how did you get into it? 
Mm -hmm. So the Lehigh Valley Launchbox program is where it's like a place that you can uh, meet a lot of mentors and those mentors will give you some fixed amount of their time or and they will guide you and give you advice about what to do. And with business, it's so, so important to have a mentor and have that experience with you because, you know, mentors, I would say, are probably one of the big, big factors to success with really learning anything. Um, and so I applied by submitting my idea, my pitch to a panel of judges, and then they admitted me in, and then I gave a little talk to them. So that was pretty fun. I remember I made a lot of jokes, and I still do make a lot of jokes. <laughs> I, I'm going to ask you there, just, just to hold you there. So you did pitch uh, and Lehigh Valley launch a launchbox, uh, you know, uh, program. If so, who is is this like a community-run launchbox or what sort of a launchbox is this? What sort of a launchpad is this? Um, so the launchbox is actually uh, run by the president of. Penn State, I think. Really? So it's a, it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty big thing. The reason I ask you this is I want people to know how impactful Lehigh Valley Launchbox program is and to drive the value down in their heads to understand how, you know, what's the magnitude of something like this. So mm -hmm. the more you tell them about this, it, it might inspire them to look it up and see if at all they can get the same support that you were able to crack. Yeah, they, they had a six hour, sorry, not six hour, six week boot camp. <laughs> six hours would be a lot. Actually, it was more like 12 hours total. So that's pretty cool. Anyways, the six hour boot camp brought us from having our ideas, finding our customers, but not just finding the customer, but identifying a problem that you can solve for that customer and then figuring out your numbers and what you want to do legally with your company and then preparing us for a pitch competition to apply for another grant. So it's a very helpful program. They have a lot of courses like that. I know coming so up is the mastermind. Uh, no, what? So how, how long has it been since you've been part of this uh, Launchbox program? Uh, I think I, I, I applied for it and I met someone there when I was about eight or nine, probably. So that's about three years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably like, yeah, three or four years. And which means the uh, Heart, for, Heart for Wildlife has been around for three to four years. I mean, two to three years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been around, yeah, for a couple of years now. So how, how has the whole evolution been for you in the last two or three years? I mean, a couple of years, two years. So how has the whole evolution mm -hmm. been for you? Well, I think that right now uh, we're not very big and we don't have a lot of sales yet because of one big problem, which is marketing. And so we're trying mm -hmm. to learn how to how to overcome that because there's just so much that one needs to learn to do business. And uh, and when I was younger, I was learning so many other things too. And so I wasn't able to put my everything I had into that business, but now I'm doing that. And uh, I think it has a bright future. And I, I love how you say when I was younger, you are young. And you're definitely doing, uh, you know, greater things than most people of, uh, you know, at least what we did back then at 10, 10 or 12 year old kids back in school. 
and you're being homeschooled and you know your mom's so if i can ask this if lehigh valley launchbox program was not there do you think you would have had that kind of scalability if you didn't crack that uh you know program like if i if the business would be what it is today yes um to be honest it would be what it is today but we would have much less direction of where we want to go thanks mm -hmm. to launchbox we're all more in sync with each other me and my mom uh and also like I said earlier, it's much more likely to be successful when you have mentors to help you. So I think that Lehigh Valley Launchbox, while not not being necessarily the cause of, of where the business is, is definitely important factor to the future of our business and very helpful indeed. Indeed. So, you know, you mentioned that, you know, it helped you gain a lot of direction and at least a clearer sense of direction. And sometimes uh, that plays a vital role in making sure all the energy you put in and the return of investment on the energy you put in is, is gonna come back multifold. So your mom is a driving force behind this as well, I suppose. Yes. So um, what is mom to you now? Is she a teacher? Is she a mom? Is she a, a co-founder? Uh, you know, of course, mom is mom at the end of the day. You remove the mom element, what is she more? A teacher, a co-founder, uh, critic. I, mean, I don't know. She's she is a a lot of things. I would say my dad is the critic. That is the critic. <laughs> yes. Okay. Point taken. Mm -hmm. If if someone is going to tell me, like three things wrong with my ideas, it's going to be my dad. He's going to be like, "How are you going to solve this?" He'll tell me this. He'll tell me to research this. Yeah, my dad really really is also wants me to learn the sciences. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess I'll be learning that soon. But um, my mom, I would say, is not as much of my teacher as she was before, because now I'm, mm -hmm. I'm mostly self-taught. I would say that nowadays, she's more of my, uh, my, my brainstorming partner. She helps me go through my ideas she's someone that i can that i can talk to and i also help her with her ideas and i'm someone that she can talk to so i'd say we're brainstorming partners uh and co-founders lovely that's that's a beautiful evolution you know apart from being mom being mom mom's been a teacher now she's put you up on your own feet and you're learning for yourself and i think a lot of children should be self-taught because you explore in your own fashion and then what you understand you understand what you don't understand you're happy to ask questions that's a good place to be in if you don't ask questions then that is where you stop evolving and with the whole you know launch box program i think that's that's exactly what you're benefiting out of so it's good to know about your your background your love for math your love for coding and then your love for you know wildlife and nature in terms of pollination and uh, how you've evolved from an app to, a, you know, are you a platform now? Is, is what Heart for Wildlife is? Is it a platform? Or is um, it a network? What is it? Uh, it's not a platform or a network. It's like, it's a retail company. 
is but, it okay? But also we're planning to try and expand it into also something educational mm -hmm. where you know, people can come in and purchase services where their kids get educated on nature and how to how to use the STEM or rather in the modern age STEAM, science, mm -hmm. technology, uh, I think, what was the E? Not sure, but I do remember that STEAM is a pretty cool name. <laughs> engineering, yes, engineering. Engineering, aptitude, and math. mathematics, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I think that's, that's our next direction to become more of an educational company. Mm -hmm. Very well. So you're going to be venturing into the ed tech space as, as you see it. Nice. So I'm, I'm understanding a beautiful pattern here. Right. I, I see that, um, you know, there's somebody that you sort of go through for direction and then eventually you get more clarity and then you sort of make sure that the model that you're working on is sustainable by itself. I see that sort of a pattern coming up right now. What do you have in mind next? Is it going to be art for wildlife continuously or do you have something else that you've envisioned to build? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I'll detail like all my personal things too. So, Please I do. mean, <laughs> short term wise, I would say earn like $10,000 or something for my business. No. But but my, my long term, long term goals are to have multiple income streams, like my companies, uh, the stock market, books, online courses, you know, a lot of things like that. And then use that income to fuel innovation to solve problems. And also as a long-term goal, I really love chess. So I want to become, I want to get some kind of title there. International <laughs> master. That would Lovely. be good. So, so you play chess. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love chess. Uh, so, are you, are you in the Fides circuit by any chance? Do you do you play there? Are you do you I, have a rating? Yeah, do you have a rating? Yeah, but I'm not very high rated. But uh, I I have been winning all my games recently. So I guess I'm climbing up the rating ladder right now. I'm like almost almost 950 chess.com rated. So I imagine that's like like 1150ish FIDE rated. Because five is like two hundred uh, rating points above. That 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 is good, not bad. That is actually good. So um, at Riverside, one of the schools I run, you know, we we call them FIDE in in India for some reason I don't know why, but I'm I'm assuming it's going to be FIDE over there and FIDE over here. So if I'm going to say five FIDE rated, so we have a lot of students who go through the ratings, and uh, year on year we see a lot of them climb up the ladder, but eventually just give up after they've you know gained a good position. Do you intend to sort of pursue chess at a, you know, you said gain an international master level. So do you, do you intend to pursue chess at a, you know, as, as a profession by any chance? Um, I don't feel that I want chess to be my whole life. I want to do a lot of other things, but I do think that chess is something I want to pour my time into because it's always important to have something where, you know, it's important to have a hobby where you can pour your energy into hobbies are really helpful and they, they help you be happy. Um, and they help you spend your time. Well, you know, uh, I think that, that I'm probably going to keep pursuing chess for life. Mm 
And once, once I reach that status, then I'll probably teach others what I know. But I, I don't think chess is something I want to quit. Lovely. And that's, that's a nice thing that you said. You want to teach somebody else what you know. And uh, knowledge assimilation is a very good thing because a lot of people gain the knowledge and hold it back for themselves. And when would you wanted to start an edtech, you know, or make your platform a network, an edtech platform? It's a beautiful thing. So I have some interesting things about you that I'm, I'm just going to ask you randomly and feel free to tell me what, you know, uh, whatever you think uh, you're, you'd like me to know. I see that your invention earned you accolades at the Chicago Toy and Game Fair. What was that about? Mm -hmm. It's called StoryBot. Okay. And so when I learned how to code, I went to these places called the Maker Fairs where people come and learn about different technology. Mm -hmm. And I was teaching what I knew about coding, but after that, someone came and his name was Mr. Patrick, I believe. And he mm -hmm. said, you know, can you, you know, it's cool to teach coding to just like this, but can you teach it to the visually challenged community? And so I took that on as a challenge and and so I started trying to make this board game, which is StoryBot, where you have these different uh, little coding pieces that you put together to make programs. And then mm -hmm. you move the characters. There's a little system for how you're supposed to move the characters around. And so you make coding that way. And I think that that was really cool. And so after that, we actually took it to someone at the visually challenged community and we we got their feedback and they told us about braille which is like a language where you can read by touching instead yes. of seeing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so we put we incorporated braille into our game which was really cool and then we actually went to the fab lab which is like a maker space it's a place it where is. you have lots of tools available 3d printers laser mm -hmm. cutters so uh, I used a 3D printer in order to print my code blocks. And actually, my mom doesn't remember this, but when I was younger, once I saw a 3D printer, and the f the first thing I made for some reason is a space shuttle. <laughs> uh -huh. And <laughs> but, but yeah. how old were you back then, though? Um, probably like six or seven. But wow. the space shuttle didn't turn out that well. <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, one day I'm going to get my hands on a 3D printer again. All right. Good. Uh, so, so if I understand well, you built something that you were challenged with and then you went and adopted it the way that you can deliver it properly for that challenge. So you did deliver and how did those people react? <laughs> they were very happy. But the thing is that inventing something isn't, Innovation isn't just about creating a breakthrough and finding a solution to a problem, but it's also about distributing that solution to people. It's about marketing yeah. that solution and selling it. And I think that, that that is the hardest part. And that's something that we're still trying to trying to do after like three years, because, you know, you can solve the cure for cancer. But if you can't actually give it to people, convince them to purchase it, then it's, there's no reason to keep doing innovation. So we've stopped making new things that much. And we've started focused on 
providing the things we already have because people don't just be born knowing that like they don't have spider sense where they're like oh my goodness a new innovation has changed the world yeah (laughs) peter tingle yeah good no but you are right about something uh as an entrepreneur myself uh, we run a few startups and one of our startups is going live on the 29th uh, globally and it's called my uh, where it's about protection and safety as a lifestyle so i've been telling the team see you can be the most innovative lot out there but if you don't know how to get it across to the layman then it doesn't matter mm-hmm. <laughs> who's with us <laughs> my mom can I say hello to her? Yeah, he wants to say hello to you. Hello there. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Very well, thanks. I've been hearing a lot of wonderful things about you. So oh. you're the co-founder and hey. you are the teacher and the mom <laughs> and the data yeah. scientist. Yeah, I guess so different hats at different times <laughs> you've done oh you, you're doing wonderfully well here so my name is Kavin I run a few educational institutions in India and I am the host for the prodigy talks really and nice thought, to meet you Kevin yep absolute joy so we are not live right now but we'll be right. live yeah we'll, we'll we'll be telecasting this at eight o'clock uh, because there, there was some sort of a plug-in problem with the Facebook Live, and we said we're going to record this and then no, I'm good. play it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. No, I have a three-year-old who's been driving me crazy downstairs. I heard him. I oh, heard you him. did? Yeah. No, not crazy. No. Yeah, I have a two-year-old, so I understand. Yeah. So I, I have a four and two-year-old. Don't. Yeah. The TV was not working. He was screaming for his Anna to come fix it. <laughs> hey, Anna. So, so what, what are the other languages he speaks? Tamar. Well, no, he doesn't speak Tamar. He will, um, he can do a lot of slokams in Sanskrit and he can do Carnatic music, but he will not speak Tamar. I, I should ask him, why Tamil Because my name is Kavan Kumar Kandasamy. So I speak I Tamil, of course. Yeah. He's asking you why you can't. Why don't you speak? <laughs> Maybe that should be your next challenge, Geda. Yeah, my grandma taught me Tamil and then I forgot it all the next day. <laughs> you don't seem like a kid who forgets a lot of things. And, yeah, and, and so she got mad at me and didn't teach me again. So where's your grandmom from? Where is she from? She lives in India. She's my mom's mom. So where in India? I guess. Um, Bengal? Bangalore. Sorry, Bangalore. Bangalore. Bengal. Bengal isn't the other part of India. Bangalore. Good. So I speak Tamil as well. I'm from Coimbatore. It's it's in Tamil Nadu. Do you know where Tamil Nadu is by any chance? Yeah, I do. Lovely. Heard of it. So I, yeah, I, I wouldn't keep your mom back. Let's let's just say bye to your mom, and then you know she's got to go back to your younger brother. And See ya. Yeah. I'm keeping my fingers crossed because there's some power maintenance work going on in our community, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there's parts of it are losing power. <laughs> okay, so, so keep, yeah, we we'll keep it short. Yeah. Oh, I will. We'll uh, hope for the best. 
<laughs> well, you take care. And, yeah, thank uh, you. I'm, nice I'm to meet you. Up with Kayla. Absolute joy. Yeah. Bye bye. And uh, we're so, so grateful and honored to have this opportunity for him to share what he likes to do. And hopefully, Lovely. he'll be able to uh, inspire other children to, to do the same. And yeah. that, he is inspirational. He is inspirational. Take care of it. Thank you. What? <laughs> My mom just told me to be a good boy. Be, Don't understand. Of course that. you can say that. Of course you can say that. She doesn't need a reason to say that. I get that all the time. Be a good boy. Yeah, I'm <laughs> really? And I get it. Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you? Moms have the licenses to say anything and get away with. That's it. true. That's true, because they do you, so you, much. You know, there, there are only two people who can actually bend, you know, matter, science, everything, and whatever they say is gospel. One is mom, and the other one is the priest. So, <laughs> so I, I think when a mom says it, just listen to her, don't ask any questions. Right, <laughs> yeah. no, but lovely that's to have your mom. That's something I learned. That's, yeah, yeah that's, that's, th that's what I learned the hard way. <laughs> Hey, just you, be quiet. you fairly young. Yeah, I, I didn't learn for a while and then I kept rebelling, rebelling, and somewhere I felt maybe I shouldn't have wasted all that energy. You know, I could have just gone along with the flow and saved me a lot of time. <laughs> well. Yeah. Moms are silly sometimes. And moms are amazing all times. So yes. it's good. Good, good. I so getting back we, we're gonna have this very candidly play out here so um you know i'm i'm super happy that i got to speak to your mom you know it, it is it is amazing that you know i know the force behind who you are and uh, you know the clarity and the simplicity that she has so i have something that i have to ask you you know coding math and all of that um you learn coding by yourself right and mm -hmm. is it okay for me to ask you what are the different type of codes that you know yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So when I was young, I learned Scratch, um, okay. which was a very simple language. You don't type in Scratch, you just drag and drop code blocks. And then mm -hmm. after that, I learned uh, JavaScript, HTML, and CSS, which I've mm -hmm. largely forgotten. Um, but because I you think, don't need it anymore? Yeah, I don't do as much of that stuff anymore. Okay. And okay. also PHP, which is a server-side programming language. And yeah. so... Um, I actually created a website for the local zoo where they can track their penguin feeding info and save it mm -hmm. and customize it really quickly because before they were using paper live near penguins and water and they had to use like tally marks to store stuff. It was not very efficient as you can imagine. But now I, now I do a lot of Python. I think Python is my main language. And mm -hmm. it's my favorite language, so I've been doing it for a couple of years now. What I like about Python is that it's so simple, it's so easy to understand, but you can it's so powerful as well. In fact, Python was actually originally developed as an introductory language to teach beginners the basics of coding, which is why when you look at Python code, it's pretty much pseudocode. Um, yes. But pseudocode is like, code where you you don't write the individual lines but you write kind of what the lines are supposed to do okay. and so um i i love python that way but now i'm learning java in order to make apps because i make a lot of apps sure so so python and java that's i think where the major focus is right now because that's what you need in whatever platforms you're working with so i'm 
you know, I see a lot of parents who ask me, is it okay for my son to learn coding? Do you think somebody who is aspiring to be a coder alone should learn coding or everybody should learn a basic bit of coding? Um, so personally, I think that if you, it's not required to learn coding, but anyone who wants to be some kind of innovator, someone who wants to do anything with technology should understand coding because coding, you know, I don't know if a lot of people think this, but coding is not just sitting down on the computer and going yeah, yeah. and hacking, <laughs> hacking the FBI. I wish it was, uh, but it it's not. And if, if anybody out there is listening to this, I'm not a part of this. So <laughs> no, about hacking the FBI, we just said the words, I'm kidding. Oh no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in fact, I'm actually not the fastest typist. I only have like 40 words per minute. So I'm not a hacker by any means, but coding is something that you should not learn just for the sake of it. Because the thing is that coding is something that where you will get errors, no matter what you're doing. Oftentimes, I always ask myself, you know, why is it that the complicated code gets simple errors and the simple code gets complicated errors? And I, I know mm -hmm. that there's this guy, his name is Dishtra, and I think I hope I'm pronouncing it right. But mm -hmm. um, he is someone in like, he's created different game theory. So like pathfinding algorithms and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So different algorithms. And he says that if, if debugging is the art of removing bugs, which are problems in your code, then coding, mu then programming must be the process of creating bugs. <laughs> it's so true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you're going to learn coding, and do it for enjoyment, do it because you're excited and you're gonna stick with it because you're gonna need that. Lovely. Now, off late, there's been this whole need for people to code. Uh, they believe uh, it is a necessity. As much as you're learning math, you're learning science, you need to learn to code. Um, but then without a purpose, coding is nothing. And as long as you don't enjoy it, like you said, and without a purpose also, it is nothing, but at early stages in their life, People just equip them with a lot of other skills. And I think that is one of them right now. So Keda, I'm not going to hold you back for long. I know your mom's been kind enough to tell me that there's going to be a bit of a power outage anytime now. So I have two things to ask you. You are a prodigy now. Did you come to Delhi to receive the GCP awards? Um, no, I don't think I did. You didn't. Okay, good. I've um, only been to India once. And when was that? I think like a year or two ago, before this whole pandemic thing, obviously. Obviously, <laughs> two years back <laughs> is a long time back. Yeah, yeah. With, with the pandemic around, it feels like everything is out there for eternity. So uh, mm -hmm. yes. And feels the like second thing. everything's pre-pandemic and post-pandemic now. Yes. Um, in fact, somebody was talking to me about instead of going with BC and AD, they should go pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. I said, that makes a lot of sense for the young kids <laughs> right now, but then a lot of us will get confused. So, um, so how does it feel to be recognized as a prodigy and have all this attention around you? How does it feel? Um, I mean, I'm not necessarily one to to hog attention, but I, my personality is, is rather extroverted. 
Uh, I always like to talk to people. In fact, my mom and my dad are always complaining to me because of how much I talk to them, which I'm sure is something a lot of kids can relate to. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, and um, I think that it feels great to be a prodigy, but being a prodigy, it, when you have so much knowledge and you have so much potential to learn so many things, it is your duty and your moral obligation to give that back to people, to help people use what you learn to solve problems. So our philosophy with homeschooling is education isn't just remembering something and then writing it down somewhere on a test, but it is remembering something, fully understanding it, and then using that understanding to solve a real world problem. And that's the whole point of homeschool. That's deep, very true. Uh, for me, education is all about being a catalyst for whatever you want it to be. And you know, your mom's doing a wonderful job with you with homeschooling. And I think she's taken that responsibility upon herself and Global Child Prodigy Awards is, is super delighted and excited uh, to have somebody like you because I've been talking to a lot of these kids a lot of these prodigies and everybody has a sense of purpose that is so clear. And that's what makes me believe that we will be in a better place tomorrow than we are in today, right? And when I see you, I see the same hope. And I sincerely hope whatever you put your heart and mind to, uh, you go after it and you excel in whatever you do and continue to be that prodigy who, you know, who went out there and made it all real. So. Thank you for being here with us, Kayla. It means a lot to us. And uh, thanks to your lovely family uh, for being so supportive. And I look forward to seeing you whenever our paths cross or if at all you come to India. Um, you know, do, do, do shout out on social media if at all you get out there. And uh, let us know that you're here. We, we'd love to come by and say hello. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Lovely. I hope things are, are going well in India. They, they are, they are, and it'll always get better, I hope. Are the coconuts still there? Are they all the good? Coconuts are, they're all good. They're all oh, good. 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 Do coconuts. you want me to leave a message? Yes. <laughs> uh, to who? I don't know, the coconuts. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah? I don't know what this <laughs> conversation's about. <laughs> all right, my friend. Um, thank you. Thanks for being here with us. I'm... I'm Hello, I think I lost Hello. you, Akira. Oh, oh no, yeah, I'm you're here. There. Beautiful, <laughs> I, I, th I thought I lost you there for a minute. Thanks for this and to everybody out there, sorry about not being live. Uh, I enjoyed this fabulous conversation with this young man. Uh, we will try and sort this out and we'll be live at uh, 7 p.m. tomorrow with another Prodigy. Tune in on the Global Child Prodigy Awards at 7 p.m. tomorrow for the Prodigy Talks. Take care and see you all tomorrow. Mm -hmm.